by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. A couple years ago, I remember seeing a newscast. Apparently, somebody had saw a mountain lion in Hernando, Mississippi. Maybe some of you remember that. It kind of w- had a video of it on the social media, went around, and it was behind the, the Wendy's on Commerce Drive in Hernando, Mississippi. There's a mountain lion, and they got a video of it. And so people were scared, and they're thinking, what are we going to do? What if it eats our children, you know? And people, and they was all scared of this mountain lion. So it brought the attention of big Memphis, and Memphis sent a news crew down there, and they were going to film the exact location where they saw the mountain lion, probably hoping to see a glimpse of the mountain lion, and they got what they really didn't expect. This is the video. That is live in Hernando, Mississippi, where there's been spottings of a cougar, and that's not it. That looks like a house cat, uh, but we're just feet <laughs> away from where a local man rolled his cell phone video on what some say is a cougar. I'll be right back with a live report. Don't you hate when you're expecting a big cat and you get a little house cat? You know, why do I tell this story? I don't know. But interestingly enough, right beside that Wendy's is another lot of land, and there's been nothing on it for all these years. And then on the other side is a service station. And when I was about 14 years old, that was when they first put that service station there. They had a grand opening, and they invited my band to play. First gig I ever played in my life. They set up a little stage in that little empty uh, plot of ground there. And we were a little rock and roll band, all 14 to 15-year-olds. And our drummer was 11. He was the best one in the band. But we knew four songs. And we played them, and we played them again. And then we'd tune up these little cheap instruments we had, and then we'd play them again. We played them till they said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> but in my mind, I was thinking, I'm going to be a big cat. I, I, I'm going to ha- I'm, my life is going to draw the news from Memphis. They, I'm going to be newsworthy in Memphis. I thought that in my own strength, and my own abilities, that one day I would be newsworthy. I would be a big cat. And I turned out to be a little house cat. <laughs> it was just like that video. Okay, here you have Gasha. Oh, is that Gasha? <laughs> the best I could do was a little house cat. But thank goodness I got saved. Thank goodness it ain't about what I can do in my own strength anymore, in my own flesh anymore. I've got a big cat on the inside of me. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's on the inside of me, and I'm expecting bigger things from from this point on. (laughs) Now that I'm a Christian, I want to be a big cat for Christ. I wrote down a few things that, that I want in my life. 
I was just thinking last night, I added this to my message. And I think these are the kind of things that you probably want. You want to please God, right? Man, that's my deepest desire, to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I want to truly love my wife and my family. You know, I, I didn't truly love my wife and my family until the Spirit of God came on the inside of me. I didn't know how to love. I was only loving myself. That's all I cared about. If they didn't love me no more, then I didn't love them no more. My love was temporary. But when the love of Jesus came on the inside of me, now I can love my family right. Love my friends right. I can love you better. So I want to please God. I want to truly love my family. I want to make my life count. You don't want to spend your whole life down here and end up a house cat. I want to find joy and peace and fulfillment. And I can tell you I had none of those things before Jesus. I want to know I've stored up a few treasures in heaven. I want to know when I get there, there's going to be people there that say, I remember when you preached that message, you told me your testimony. I remember when you shared your love with me and it led me to Jesus. I would be in hell right now if I wouldn't have found Jesus. You know, I want to know the truth. I want to dig out the truth and have it set me free. Do you want these things? I know you do. I want to have the faith to believe for miracles if I need them. I don't want to wait till you know, somebody in my family's dying in a car wreck or something to try to work up some faith. I want to live by faith. And I want to be able to believe God for the promises when I need them. I want to see justice and goodness went out in this world. I'm tired of seeing evil win. I want to fulfill my call on my life. You know, I'm not afraid to die. And sometimes I'm like, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's hard down here. But I'm not leaving unless God makes me. Because I got a call to fulfill. I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to leave you. I want to finish this course. I want to run this race. And I want there to be a prize laid up for me. I want to walk on the water with Jesus. I want to soar over clouds of defeat. I want to set an example for my kids. I want to break those generational curses in my family. I want to love and inspire others. I want to be a per person of empathy and compassion for others. Because you know, self just implodes. There's only so much attention you can pay to yourself and then you just, ugh. I really can't stand self. I want to be a person who looks outward and cares about others. And I want to honor Jesus for all he's done for me. He's done a lot for me. I want to love him so much. I, I want to grow closer to him every day. I don't, I don't want to get stagnant in my faith. I don't want to let my fire go out. I want to keep moving forward. Because that's how winning is done. I want to keep moving forward. I want to know him more. And I want to make him known more. I want people to know this Jesus that I have found. So that they can love him.
And they can find freedom. And they can discover purpose and they can make a difference in their life. I know these are things that you want too. I know this is what you want in your life or you wouldn't be here today. You want to be a big cat for Christ. Amen? How many wants to be a big cat for Christ? <laughs> but like I said, we're going to need his super on our natural. If we're ever going to be newsworthy in this world, because you can look all over the place. There's people more talented and gifted. You ain't going to compete. But if we can get his super on our natural, if we can get his super in this church, we need God's super in this church. Don't pray against it. Don't pray that we're just an average church that nothing happens. We pray nothing freaky happens in our church. I want the freakiest of all of God's super in this church. I want the supernatural. It's what's going to be the difference in the end. It's what draws the loss to us. We need God's super on our natural if we're going to make the heaven evening news. David, King David said in Psalms 37, 3, he said, trust in the Lord and do good. How do we do this? How do, how do we make a difference with our life? We trust in the Lord and do good. That's the end of my sermon. See y'all later. We could quit right there. Trust in the Lord and do good. But he goes on. He says, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. How many wants to prosper? Take delight in the Lord. That's what causes your heart to flutter. And he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. That means your job, your family life, how you speak to your spouse and your kids, your brothers and your sisters, how you talk about people when they ain't around. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. You see what it says? It says, trust in the Lord. Take delight and commit everything. Trust and obey. It was my last sermon, right? Two weeks ago. I can't believe how similar this sermon is to my sermon two weeks ago before Nicholas preached. Give Nicholas a hand for last week. But I can't believe the Lord has me on this same message again. And I'm thinking, Lord, are they going to get tired of me? The Lord says, no, that's what they need to hear. That's what I want them to hear. That's what I'm drilling down on today. Because we must trust and we must obey. It's not enough to say I believe, but you've got to put some faith behind it. We've got to give Jesus something to work with. He wants to put his super on our natural. But God's got enough people praying for laborers. Somebody's got to be the laborer. Now, I'm not saying don't pray for laborers. The Bible, Jesus told us to pray for laborers. But while you're praying, be being a laborer. <laughs> Faith is an action verb, and somebody needs to get into action. And I'm getting ready to get more into action than I've ever been before. 
And there's three things that we're going to talk about today, which is it's not a lot different than two weeks ago when we said trust and obey. They are these three, hearing, believing, and acting. Say hearing, hearing. believing, believing. and acting. Right. Well, hearing means you have to be listening. Are you seeking God's voice? Do you consult him on anything you do? Do you want to know his direction for your life? Are you just out there on your own and you only call on him when you get in trouble, which is often? No. Be listening. And he'll say, this is the way. Walk in it. Either to the left or to the right. He will guide you away from the pitfalls. So you must hear. But then you must believe what you hear. Faith comes by hearing. If you hear the voice of the Lord, you see it in his word, and you confirm it in your heart by faith. You hear, you believe, and if you believe, faith works. Uh, faith always has corresponding action. You put it into action. Does that make sense? Hear, believe, and then you must act. That's where some of us miss it. We hear, I believe. Well, I'm just going to pray that God does it. But we're not putting works with our faith. We're not acting. We're not doing our natural part. So God has no, can put it, he doesn't have anything to put his super on. Does that make sense? David also said in Psalms 143.8, he said, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. For I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. There's those three right there in one scripture. He said, let me hear, let me trust, and let me give. Say hearing, hearing. believing, and acting. Are those three going on in your life? If not, you're probably still a little house cat. In the things of God. But I will tell you this. Success is a process. You can't do this once and all of a sudden you're roaring. You know. Little, little house cat's got to grow. It's a process. And the process, you know. God get, showed us, simplified that for us long ago. It's back there on the wall. Knowing God. Finding freedom. Discovering purpose and making a difference. Just breaks it down to how people grow into lions, big cats for Christ, big cats for the kingdom. And first it starts with knowing God. If you don't know God, then <laughs> you're not going to do any of this stuff. Without knowing God personally, you're not going to have your why in the right place. If you don't love God, you don't care if you do God's stuff. So you got to know God. you got to seek God. You've got to have a personal relationship. I don't know if, where your prayer life is right now, but it could get more exciting. I don't know whether you're, you have a set Bible reading time, but you ought to. You've got to give God words to speak into your life. And this is the word. This is the bread of life. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. Spoken to you, let it be. Spoken to me, say that, let it be. Spoken to me, let it be. Spoken to me, your very word. 
It is my daily bread. Get in the Word of God. Develop that relationship. And then, my friend, you will find freedom. Because up until then, you've been choosing the world over Christ. Up until then, your every decision has been based on what can I do for me? What can I what will make me happy? What what can I get out of this? I'm I'm setting up my foundation here on the earth. I'm you know, what if you gain the whole world, lose your own soul? What have you done? Nothing. That's, that's limited thinking. That's stinking thinking. That's short vision. You've got to see further. Remember we talked about seeing further. Christians see further than the cross. They see to pass the resurrection. So to find freedom, you've got to choose God instead of the world. Your affections have to change. Who am I trying to live for? And then you'll discover that you have a purpose. And how do you discover it? What my purpose? Okay, my heart's right. I'm ready to serve God. What do I do? You listen for instructions. Hearing is the first thing we're talking about. You hear the instructions. You believe them. And then, how do you make a difference? You do them. Anything God asks you to do is going to help you make a difference in, with your life and the life of those around you. Can I get an amen? amen? Life is a process. And you just got to keep moving forward in it. Are you going to make mistakes? Are you going to have some times? Maybe you're going through a time right now where I don't know. It's hard to get me motivated. It's, the world has beat me down. I've just gone through so much. I just don't know if I can go any further. I, blah, 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 blah. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> dad like dad like you know. Come on, somebody. Some of these younger kids are, what is he talking about? Is he making that up? <laughs> Yeah, this is a process. There's going to be times where you, you fall off a little bit. But though a godly man fall seven times, he gets back up. And I, th I think today is a getting back up day. I think today is a day we get back up into the race. We shed all this baggage that we've been toting because we can't even run with all this stuff on us. We get back in the race. And we start here and we start now. Today is the day of salvation. The time is now. <laughs> Wednesday night, I, we were talking about life groups, and I don't know why it came to me. But I thought to myself, how many of you believe that God wanted us to do life groups? I had explained how all the pastors before me had mentioned that they wanted to have life groups eventually, and we, we just never got around to it. And it was like three years into my pastorhood that we finally broke the ice and took that big plunge and, and began life groups. And it's made a difference. I personally believe it's way better than just having me or some one other person behind this pulpit 
preaching another sermon on Wednesdays. And some of you say, well, I used to love the Wednesdays. But in reality, if you remember, you didn't come to the Wednesdays. I used to love the Wednesdays when you'd preach. Well, it would probably be you and about three other people here on Wednesdays. Let's be honest. But now, you're speaking up, you're speaking out, you've got friends, and you've developed real relationships with people. Life groups is working in your life. And if we believe that God has told us to do life groups, why do we not have the best life groups in the Mid-South? Well, that's just a little program at the church. It, whoa, wait a minute now. A little program at the church. You probably think this is just a little church. Ah, you know, I, I do church, you know. Yeah, yeah, church a little thing. That is why you're going to stay a little bitty house cat. Because you're not getting on board with what God is doing in the earth. The Bible says God puts you in a church where he sees fit. If you're a part of this church, you ought to be giving your very best to the things God said for us to do. Because he tells us to do them together. And if you're talking bad and, and saying, I, that's not important to me, I, I'm resisting going to that next step thing. I don't, I don't need all that. I'm beyond that. Do you know how that really sounds to God? He said, I gave you a few things to do. You said, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, you're not doing any of the things he's made clear he wants you to do. Am I making this up? You see, the church is the avenue that God gives you to grow into the person that he's created you to be. He gave us the church. Now, I know it's not cool in America to think the church is anything, but it is. It's what God is doing on the earth. It is where his kingdom meets. Imagine what this church could do if we all got on board with everything that God's shown us so far. You say, well, 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 well we don't grow, or we're not, we're, not, we're not a big church, or we don't have a lot of money, because we we're not doing the very things he told us to do. Not, I'm not meaning to fuss. I fuss, I fuss to inspire. You see what I'm saying? I fussed to inspire you. Because in all honesty, we're a wonderful church. And our participation levels are through the charts compared to most churches. And I know that. And I know some of you have given all you got and you're saying, Pastor, don't, don't fuss at me. I'm giving everything I got. But for those who are not, I'm fussing at you. <laughs> okay? I'm inspiring you because once we all get on board with the very simple processes that God has given us to do, Sunday morning, next step classes, get involved in some outreaches, not everybody has to do everything, but ask God what he would have you get involved in in a church. Tuesday night prayer. 
in our life groups. I think there's room for improvement in our life groups. I really think that some of you are missing out on the key ingredient in your hunt for to be a big cat by missing the beauty of what God is doing through our life groups. All right, forget all that. Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. We know when the farmer puts the seed in the ground that it takes some time before it grows, right? You don't get the harvest immediately. There's time in there. God has planted seed in our hearts. You know what the seed is? The seed is the Word of God. We have heard. God said these are the things to do. These are the things to become. This is who, how, when, and where, and what you're doing. This is it. And this is for you. You say, that's the, that's the church stuff. That's you. You are the church. You've got to get that connection. He's shown us. He's planted the seeds. What does the farmer do while he's waiting for the seed to spring up and the harvest to be ready? Does he just sit back and wait? Because sometimes it seems like we're just waiting on God to do. Well, one thing he does, he waters. He waters that seed, and that's what I'm doing right now. Look, coming out of my mouth, just watering that seed. Watering you, splashing you down with God's desires. I'm watering these banners right now. We're tending them. I'm saying this is what God told us. This is the seed. We're watering it today. We've got to remind each other of what we're here to do. And then, as you're watering, you've got to have some sun shining on it. Right? We got to keep God in this building. We got to we got to praise him. He inhabits the praises of his people. We got to worship God. We got to go before his throne. We got to pray these things out. We got to let the glory of God reside here. And then the, another thing is the devil's not just going to sit back and watch everything happen. He's not excited about these banners like we are. He sends weeds among the tares. Obstacles. The farmer has to do some weeding so that the seed and the, the produce that's coming up doesn't get choked out. That we don't lose sight of the harvest that's coming. We've got to weed our lives. And that's true for us as individuals. Our life will never be on track. As long as we're cluttered and filled with life-sucking things, sin, and the weights that so easily beset us as Christians and as human beings. We come, become so complicated and unfruitful when we're wallowing in the weeds. We've got to protect the seed in an earnest heart. You see, the seed is the Word of God, and the field, the soul, is your heart. And that's the parable that Jesus told to his disciples and to others who were listening because Jesus spoke in parables. I think it's in Mark chapter 4, but it's also in Mark, Matthew 13. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 13 if you have your Bible with you today. Jesus tells 
the parable about the seed. He said the farmer scatters the seed and some of it falls on the path and some of it falls in the rocky soil, some of it falls in the, among the thorns and some of it gets into good soil. And he's, and he's telling this parable about the seed. And most of them are saying, well, I don't understand. I mean, it means, makes sense in the natural. But what does it mean? And his disciples come to him afterwards. And he says, if you can't understand this parable, you won't understand all the other parables. That's how important what I'm about to share with you is. If you don't understand this, you won't understand the principles of God. It's about seed. When God said seed, time, and harvest, as long as the earth remains, is the earth still remaining? Are we still here? Still seed, time, and harvest. Everything in your life, you plant a seed. Joe planted a seed towards the barbecue grill. Now he's the cook. Yeah, he's a great cook. I went over his house, the best chicken I ever put in my mouth. It was. Um, but before I distract myself any further, Jesus said, let me explain this parable to you. In verse 19 of Matthew 13, he said, the seed that fell upon the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Somebody comes in here, and they hear me preach, and they're like, I just don't get it. I don't understand why people are shouting. I don't understand that. And they leave, and it makes no difference in their life because it says, then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart. They never let it get take any root at all. And we say, oh, how dare they? We all were there. One of the polls says that the average person must hear the gospel message eight times before it finally takes root. I remember going to church my whole life never made a difference, right? So the, the devil was just, he was, oh, let him hear it. It ain't going to matter. I'm just going to snatch it out of his heart. But in verse 20, it says, the seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Man, they were excited about what they heard today. That pastor really touched them a little bit. And, and maybe they even went on to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they were excited. And maybe, maybe they begin to get free from drug addiction. The Spirit of God begin to work in their life. I can see it happening. You know, I see it happening. And when they, as soon as they get their life together, then they think, well, I got my life together. I don't, I don't have to go to church every Sunday. I don't really have to be plugged up anywhere. You know, as long as I go, I, I'm good now. They use God. We've probably been there too. And it goes on to say, but since they don't have deep roots, why don't they have deep roots? Because they never pressed into God. They, got, they came to God for what they needed, but they never invested in the relationship. Because they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuting for or persecuted for believing God's word. As soon as their old friends say, you ain't believing all that. No, I don't believe all that. <laughs> I thought you said you're going to church Sunday. No, let's go hang out. Verse 22 says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. 
and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. How much fruit? What is God after? What is the seed even planted for? Because God expects fruit. Okay, so the seed is planted among, in your heart, but you just let the cares of this life crowd it out. You didn't do any weeding. You, you said, well, I, I want to go to church, but I got this new job paying this amount of money. I choose the job. I choose this. I, I, you know, you didn't protect the seed, and it got crowded out. And the worries of this life, why are you worrying about this life? Because you don't have your eyes on Jesus. That's the truth. Why is your life cluttered? Why are you sitting here right now, barely made it to church today? Oh, because you got one foot in the world. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. The lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Some people just, quite frankly, man, I ain't got time for church. I'm trying to build this new house and buy this 30 acres. The seed that fell on the good soil, and I pray that's where we're all getting, represents those who truly hear. Ain't that what we're talking about? Hearing and understand God's word. They believe. They hear, they believe, and they produce. They act. They produce a harvest of 30, 60, some 100 times as much. That is making a difference. That is hearing, believing, and acting. Now, this is the last scripture, and we'll close. This is a scripture I used Wednesday night. And it's about, I was using it in the context of life groups because this is about the early church, the book of Acts. Right after Jesus departed and, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and that's the key, filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, and they were hearing God's Word, they were believing God's Word, and they were acting on God's Word, and they were growing. And harvest was coming like never before. And look what happened. In verse 46 of Acts chapter 2 says, So continuing daily. It wasn't a Sunday only thing. Their Christianity was more than just Sunday morning. It was daily. Continuing daily with one accord. In other words, they hooked up with the hearts of other believers. If, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If we can get on board, all of us, on this message, this one thing that, these, these, that we know God has asked us to do, we can get in one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house. What is that? The life groups. They did life together. They loved one another. They truly had relationships. And they ate their food with gladness. And this is the part I'm trying to get to. Well, before I go there, let me say gladness means they're thankful. We ought to be thankful. I apologize when I complain about this building, we're too small, this, that. I, I, keep, I keep apologizing because I want you to know I want to change. I want to be more thankful. We have a beautiful place here. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. That's where I wanted to get to, simplicity of heart. 
Is your heart unencumbered by the things of this world? God's plan is not complicated. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He says, if you, if you are anxious about anything, come unto me, all you. You're heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He ain't about making you a pack mule like the devil is. He wants you free. The devil wants you encumbered. The devil wants you loaded down with cares and worries. And the, I told my kids one time, I said, the more stuff you have, the more... Well, I can't say the way I said it. Never mind. <laughs> you think that would be bad to say, Angie? You don't think so? She don't think so, so I better stay away from that. <laughs> it wasn't really bad, but it's kind of rude for church I've gone too far now somebody stop me let me stop and pray see I got to hear from God right I got to believe what he tells me to do and then act on it Lord Jesus please what do I do we'll just let it go okay simplicity of heart keeping a simple heart because you see, if I would have said it, then I'd have been dreading it all week. I shouldn't have said it. So I'm not going to say it. I'm going to keep a simple heart. <laughs> Simplicity of heart. If you were to be honest right now, how simple is your life? <sighs> Do you think that's God's plan for you to... To think that's funny that you could have a simple life? Mm. Once again, his burden is light, man. If your heart is being dragged down with the weight of this world, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm not saying you're not going to go through hard times. I'm not, going to say, not saying that your kids ain't going to drive you crazy. And that sickness ain't going to come to somebody and wreck car wrecks. and that There's not going to be adversity. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying in between those events, have you done all that you can to stay free? And keep a simple heart. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You know what I've come to realize? I cannot grow this church. You cannot grow this church. God brings the increase. God added to that early church because that early church was in position to receive the harvest. All that we can do is stay in position with a, a simple heart. Simplicity of heart that hears and actually believes and actually does the few things that it's asked of. Ask of whatever I meant to say. A simple heart with a simple job to hear, believe, and act. And if we would come together on these simple things, 
And we would believe that this is indeed the seed. And we would put it in an earnest heart. And we would come together. We would believe together. I know that the harvest is about to poke up through the soil. To God, a simple heart that hears, believes, and acts is newsworthy. There's not many places God can find that here in America. But we can be that. And that's how he will make a lion out of a house cat. Together, we will be lions. Do you want to be a big cat for Christ? Hallelujah. Let me hear you roar. <laughs> Somebody said, meow, meow. If that's, your, if that's your roar, we got a lot of work to do. You're starting at ground one. Meow, meow, meow. Have you, I tell you, one of the scariest things I've ever heard was a, being up close when a lion roared at the zoo. I can be way across the other side of the zoo, half a mile away, and you go, they work it up, don't they? It comes from deep down. And I'm starting to hear the roar in me again. And when we, we join roars together, there's nothing can stop us. We'll be on the news in heaven. God will be saying, that's my boy, that's my girl. Look at them down there. They're simply hearing what I'm saying and believing it and doing it. That's all I've ever asked of anybody. He knows you have no super. But you have faith. And that's where he can place his super. Faith that has works. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're not through with me yet. Thank you, Jesus, that your plan for me is good to give us a hope and a future to help us in this journey. Roar like we should to be big cats for the kingdom. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Well, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the starting place. Know God. That's the, the first thing you got to do. You got to be willing to say, God, I'm a little cat. I'm a house cat, and I know it. There ain't no amount of talent that I have or abilities. It's, it's not going to get me across the divide between God and man. It's not going to get me to heaven. It's not going to fulfill me here on earth. And you must simply humble yourself. Say, Jesus, I need to be free, and this sin is weighing me down too heavy on my shoulders. I want to be a good person and I can't be. I hate the person I'm becoming. I hate the way I treat people. I hate, I hate this rotten heart within me and I know that without you I'll die in my sins and I'll go to hell. And I know it. But if you're here today and you say Jesus turn this thing around. He just He needs you to Say with your mouth that you need Him, that you want Him to be the Lord of your life. 
that you believe he died on the cross to take away your sins and he was resurrected so that you can be resurrected in a new life along with him. If that's what you want in your heart right now, you simply need to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Be the Lord of my life. Be my Lord and help me rule. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.